Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm so glad that he's my rock. That means he's the unmovable God. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm so glad that he's my fortress. That means he's my always my protector. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm so glad that he's my deliverer this morning. That no matter where I may find myself, that God can snatch me out of the hands of the enemy. If you know you serve a God who's your rock, who's your fortress, and your deliverer, can we give God a hand clap of praise? Come on, begin to bless his name. Come on, I know we had worship, but let's begin to bless his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us stand to our feet. I believe my wife declared this this morning, and I want us to be intentional about this. But I need us to pray for Miss Jackie like she's our mom. Pray for Miss Jackie like she's our sister. She told me she didn't mind me sharing this, but she just found out over the weekend that she has stage three cervical cancer. I want us to begin to bombard heaven on her behalf. And watch this. We know God to be a deliverer. We already saw how God delivered Miss Alvera from the from the hands of cancer. So this church knows that God can do it again. Somebody say God can do it again. So we're going to bombard heaven on her behalf. Matter of fact, let's go to God and pray. Now, Father, we thank you. God, we honor you, God, that you are the great physician. God, despite what the doctors may say, despite what the medical staff may say, God, you are the great physician. So, God, we pray now, God, that you begin to guide the hands of the doctors, God. Their every thought, their every decision, God, you take over, God, we pray, God. Matter of fact, God, your word declares you are still the same today, yesterday, and forevermore, God. God, we need you to be the God that healed the man at the pool of Bethesda. God, we need you to be the God that healed the woman with the issue of blood, God. We need you to be the God that healed blind Bartimaeus. We know you, God, to be the God that is saved today, yesterday, and forevermore. So, God, your healing power begin to send it to her home. And, God, even when she goes for her follow-up, the doctors will be amazed for something shall be different about her. And, God, we already know what it is. As the woman who was in the midst of the crowd said, if I could just touch the hem of your garment. God, I pray, God, that as we intercede on her behalf, she begins to touch the hem of her garment and virtue may come from you. Heal in virtue, God, we pray. And every believer that believes said, thank God. And amen, amen, amen. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 16. Go with me to Matthew chapter 16. And for those for clarity, we got a whole bunch of Jackies in our church. But we I'm talking about Jackie Pinkney, Miss Jacqueline Pinkney. So just know we know how to pray. 
Matthew chapter 16. I want us to look at verse number 13. Verse number 13. Andre, could you do me a favor? Could you give me a bottle of water? Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13. We're going to be looking from verses 13 through 19, reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. And the Bible says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? You know, the world got a lot to say about Jesus, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon, by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades some versions say the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven I need that kind of power y'all and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven I want to look at verse number 16 again and Simon Peter answered and said you are the Christ the son of the living God and Jesus answered and said to him blessed are you Simon Barjona for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven I want to minister from this subject the promise of stretching you may be seated in the presence of the Lord the promise of stretching tell your neighbor we're going to talk about the promise of stretching promise of stretching God finds no pleasure in believers enduring the pain of stretching void of receiving the promise of stretching I don't want y'all to think that God is finding pleasure in stretching you to places that you have not been before without you receiving the promise of stretching Therefore, it must be likewise for us as believers. We must only find ourselves, and I talked about this throughout this sermon series, in the place of stretching, paying the price of stretching, enduring the process of stretching, only if we're going to receive the promise of stretching. Because I, I, I don't want to be stretched that much and I not receive the promise. Tell your neighbor, I want to receive the promise. And it is with God, so it must be with us, that our intentions for stretching is that God might increase our capacity. That should be our intentions, that God has the ability, and watch this, I said this concerning stretching, that God has the ability to do more uh, with us, in us, and for us. We should want God to do more in us. There's more, and I want to say this to everybody who's under the sound of my voice, there's more that the Lord wants to do in you. Uh, There's more. This is why the latter part of John 15, 2 declares in every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Somebody say he stretches that it might bear more fruit. God is in the business of all of his believers bearing more fruit. That's good news to me. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad that God is in the business of ensuring that I bear more fruit. 
Yet here's even the more significant thing about failing to fulfill our capacity in God or or in other words, this promise of stretching. God, if we don't fulfill the promise of stretching, watch this. God will consider us useless. Uh, Somebody say useless. How, How do I know? Because the beginning portion of John 15, two says every branch in me that does not bear fruit. Watch this. He takes away. In other words, there are consequences when we don't fulfill our capacity in God. There's consequences. I know y'all thought it might have been cute. Oh, God can do more in me. God wants to do more with me. God wants to do more for me. But there's consequences when we don't allow God to do the more in us. Uh, And as I revealed last week, uh, that the intentions for the words over our lives to remain idle. uh, Watch this. God, God will consider us useless and watch this even fruitless when we allow idle words to remain over our lives. And an idle word of God over the people of God is fruitless and useless before God. We can't afford for the words over our lives to remain idle. We can't we can't afford it. Therefore, the promise of stretching must be our priority. Our our heart's desire must be if God is going to move us to a place that we've never been before. If God is going to stretch us in an area that we've never been before, at least I need to bear fruit. Tell your neighbor you need to bear some fruit. I don't need God stretching me. I don't need God taking me to places that I've never been before and there be no fruit. In other words, the promise, and I believe this is where we find Peter in our text. Peter has been removed from what was familiar. This is the place of stretching. Many of y'all know Peter. Peter was a fisherman, and God said, come and follow me. So he's removed from what's familiar. He's also, um, then he then follows Christ on this uncharted journey. Y'all ever been in a place where God has said, come with me, but I don't know where you're taking me? He's taking him on this uncharted journey. In other words, he pays the price of stretching. And then he leads uh, on this journey. Peter faces tests. After tests, in other words, he faces the process of stretching. And I believe we find what we find Christ in our text rewarding his faithfulness. He receives the promise of stretching. And as it is with Peter, I believe many of us are on the precipice of our promise. In other words, somebody say, I'm at the doorsteps of my promise. I I believe for many of us of what we've endured over the course of this past season, God has us at the store, the doorsteps of our promise. Yet hear this. I want you all to understand um, what even what's at your doorstep has to be discerned. Somebody say discerned. Many of us miss out on the promises of God and the things that God is releasing in our lives because we don't have any level of discernment. Tell your neighbor you need discernment. So so in other words, this morning, I want to give us a level of discernment to how to know how did we fulfill the promise of stretching? In other words, when God increases our capacity, what does it look like? How do we know that God has done more in us? I believe we can glean wisdom from our text so that we can discern when the promise of stretching is at our doorstep. So here's what I want to do. I want us to examine our text so that we can take hold of the promise so that our process of stretching will not be in vain. Uh, I, I want us to look at verses 13 through 15. I believe it's on the screen, verses 13 through 15. 
Notice what the Bible says when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And so they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? His, the promise of God is always preceded by his presence. You, you'll never receive the promise of God void of his presence. In other words, the promise of stretching will always involve an encounter with God. You got to somebody tell your neighbor, I've got it. You got to have an encounter. You, you got to have an encounter with God. And this is why in our foundational text, as we find Peter and the disciples leaving, having this encounter with Jesus as they come to the region of Philippi. Here's a word of wisdom. Any great move of God, any great manifestation of God, and even the more of God that he does in our lives will always require an encounter. You can't have a great move of God. There'll never be a great manifestation of God. You'll never receive the more of God without an encounter with God. I was just talking to Andre uh, this morning concerning some things in his lives, and the only reason I believe God has done those things because he had an encounter with him. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I love, I, 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 I know when I need an encounter from God. Uh, watch this, as a sign of God's covenant with Abram, that he would be a father of many nations, he had an encounter with God in a, in a vision. Somebody say, an encounter. That was in Genesis 15. Before Moses received confidence that he could rescue the children of Israel from captivity, he had an encounter with God. Watch this. Um, at the burning bush. Somebody say an encounter. That's in Exodus 3. And watch this. In order for Elijah to re receive strength that he will, um, uh, uh, against inflicted suffering, he had an encounter with God under the juniper tree. Somebody say an encounter. That's in 1 Kings chapter 19. So that means if you're expecting a promise from God, then you must also expect an encounter with God. It's one thing for somebody to speak a word over your life and think that, oh, oh, oh I'm just going to wait on God. No, what you got to wait on is an encounter with him. Somebody say, I got to wait on the encounter. And here's the problem with many believers when it comes to the promises of God. The reason y'all don't know when God has released a promise is because many of us have not had an encounter with him. Many folk don't know what it is to have an encounter with God. We know how to come to church. We know how to get folk to pray for us. We know how to sing a song and act like we're in worship, but nobody knows about an encounter with God. Y'all know how the old, the old mothers of the church used to have their prayer closet. And then ah, I, I want to say this because my mother-in-law is in the house. I remember that my, my wife used to always say that she would get waking up by her mother singing um, 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 the songs of old, having an encounter with God by herself. Many folk need all this stuff to have an encounter with God. And matter of fact, maybe God is just waiting on you to have an encounter with him. And many of the promises that have been locked up in our lives is because we do not know how to have an encounter. Tell your neighbor, it's not at church. Ah, uh, the mothers of old used to be in their prayer closet having an encounter. Uh, because God does not release his promises. Watch this void of his presence. You can look throughout the Bible. There was never a promise released void of the presence of God. 
That's why if I know that I'm waiting on God to do something in my life, hear this, and this is why I preached on this a few months ago. I said, you got to create an altar before God where you can have your own worship service, where you can create your own atmosphere. Watch this, where you can have y'all, listen, y'all, I got my own anointed oil at home because sometimes I've got to anoint myself so that I can prepare myself for an encounter with him. See, see, this contemporary church don't know nothing about an encounter. Y'all know how to have screens. You know how to have nice worship teams. You know how to coordinate up here, but nobody knows about an encounter. Uh, We need an encounter with God. Uh, Therefore, the question we got to ask ourselves, as God is stretching us, have we witnessed his presence? I don't need God stretching me, and I've never witnessed his presence in the midst of stretching Oh, I don't want to go through all this kind of pain. I don't want people to slander my name. I don't want to go through all of this and me not witnesses God's presence. Because this, watch this, differentiates the fact if it's God or the enemy. Oh, y'all got to stay with me. Many of us, many of us, we love to say, oh, the devil is busy. The devil is busy. The devil is busy. Yes, he's busy if if you have not witnessed his presence in the midst of his business. Do y'all hear what I'm just saying? Many of us go through so much in our lives and we don't realize maybe that's God doing that. And the, the reason that I know it's God is because he'll always reveal somebody say his presence. Okay, because some of y'all invited the enemy rather than preparing an altar for his presence. Oh, watch this. We can't afford to uh, to move in the present, the, the promises of God void of his presence. And notice this. This is why the Lord told Moses this in Exodus 33, verse 14. He said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Watch this. Why is this significant? Because the promises over your life means just as much to God as it does to you. Did y'all hear what I just said? He told Moses that my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. In other words, God is saying the stuff that I've deposited in you, the things that I've declared over your life, you know what? They mean just as much to me as it does to you. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all, that, that, that I know that I'm waiting on God for some stuff. And God says, I'm waiting on it, too. God, I'm, I'm praying to God about some stuff. And God is saying, I'm waiting for the manifestation as well. God says, oh, my presence is going to go with you and I'm going to give you rest. Uh, that's why I watch this. That's why he provides his presence, uh, not, not only to precede the promise, but watch this. He provides his presence to protect the promise over your life. Did y'all hear what I just said? We needed an encounter. Somebody say we needed an encounter. So hear this. Don't endeavor to do anything for God if you fail to have an encounter with God. Did y'all hear what I just said? Never endeavor to do anything for God without having an encounter with God. Because his presence comes to protect what you're endeavoring to do. I don't know if that went over y'all head, but some of y'all doing stuff in the name of God and God ain't with you. Oh, God. And it's important to know that the promise of stretching, watch this, is not only preceded by visitation by God, but that visitation reveals your maturation. Did y'all hear what I just said? The promises of God is always preceded by a visitation from God. But here's what that visitation comes to do. It comes to reveal your maturation. Somebody say, my maturation. 
How, how do I know? How, how do I know? Because watch, watch, watch this. Uh, it, it, notice what it says in our foundational text. He, Jesus poses this question, but who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And, and anytime y'all have heard preachers say that, say this. Anytime God asks you a question, no, He already knows the answer. Somebody say God already knows the answer. He's trying to reveal to you your level of maturation. Watch this in him. Whenever God asks a question, he already knows the answer. So Jesus says, but who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Because you don't know more. You can't do more for Jesus. Watch this until you can ask the question, answer the question, what you know about Jesus. Did y'all hear what I just said? You can't do more for God until you can answer the question, what do you know about God? Many people want to do, say, I want to be this and I want to do this and I want to do this. But Jesus is asking, what do you know about me? Because many of us hear this, do things in his name, do things looking like that he's with us and we know nothing about him. Here, watch this. This is why I'm so I'm so critical of what goes on up here, because folk can sing about him, but know nothing about him. Folk can even preach about him and know nothing about him. Watch this. So when God, he does this visitation with us so that he can reveal our maturation. Sometimes some of us, when God does a visitation, is really telling our behind not to go forth, but to sit on down. But many of us are not mature enough when that visitation happens to sit on down. Tell your neighbor, sit on down. I don't know what that's for, but somebody might need to sit on down. He's looking at the maturation in your walk with God, your maturation in your wisdom of God and your maturation. Watch this in your ability to fulfill the will of God. And this is why the promise of stretching is always preceded by his presence. Hear this. Any promise. I want you all to hear me and hear me good. Any promise that you're waiting on God for, you've got to wait also on his presence. Because the promises of God are always preceded by the presence of God. Somebody say the presence of God. Some of y'all got to learn, talk to the mothers of old, learn to get in your prayer closet, learn to create an altar in your home, learn to have your own worship experience in your room because it requires his presence and encounter with God. And notice this. Let's go to the next point. Uh, Verse 16 and 17 says this. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. I hear this. Where there is maturation, there is also revelation. That one of the ways in which God um, reveals to us, if we have a level of maturation in him, he's going to reveal it by way of, watch this, revelation. Somebody say revelation. This is why a sign that the promise of stretching has been fulfilled in our life is the spirit of God will give you enlightenment. Uh, anytime I need to know if, if this promise has been fulfilled, I have this new level of revelation or enlightenment in God. Uh, notice what Jesus says after Peter responds to his encounter with him. Jesus said, blessed are you, um, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. In other words, Jesus says, Peter, your eyes have been open. The father who knows all things, including your journey, has given you spiritual enlightenment. This is what Jesus is trying to tell Peter. Your spiritual eyes have been open and many of us are still blind spiritually. Why 
is this significant? Because we always need another level of enlightenment to traverse a journey that we've never been on before. God ain't going to never call you to a place that you've never been before without giving you a new level of revelation. Listen, when God spoke to me concerning pastoring, I had no mentor. I had nobody to glean upon. I had no nobody walking and holding my hand and saying how to do this and doing that. And watch this. It was a journey that I had never been before. And the only reason that I could move forward in the journey is because I had a new level of revelation. So, so one of the reasons and ways in which I know if, if a promise has been fulfilled, there's a prophetic word over my life that has been fulfilled is that I get a new level of revelation. Somebody say revelation. revelation. Uh, so, so I've got to get this level of revelation uh, because remember, the Lord stretches us to take us to a place that we've never been before. So watch this. That means every new assignment in God requires a new revelation. Every aspect of new aspect of God requires a new revelation. And watch this. Even when God attempts to create a new association with him, it requires a new revelation. Because watch this, we will never be able to navigate this more of God without more revelation. Enlightenment. Somebody say enlightenment. Watch what Paul says in Ephesians 1.18. He says that the eyes, this is his prayer, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you may know. Somebody say that I may know. What is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance to the saints? Because watch this. Wisdom is necessary to walk in your inheritance. Somebody say my promise. I've got to have this new level of wisdom or revelation to walk in the promise. Watch this or I'll never take hold of it. And many folk are trying to take hold of things and they do not have revelation. Revelation, revelation, Uh, because when your spiritual eyes are enlightened, the depth and the details of your journey are exposed by God. Listen, you may not never been this way before, but when God opens your spiritual eyes and this is why the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Only men's steps can be ordered by the Lord who have a new revelation in God. Oh, we need to ask God that our spiritual eyes might be enlightened. In other words, open, open. And this is why, hear this, you can't get caught up in people that try to deter you and dissuade you from what God has called you to. Because just because it's overwhelming to them and not you, it's just a sign that their eyes have not been opened. Somebody say enlightened. I don't get caught up in folk that tell me you can't do this and you can't do that. You ain't God and you don't know what God has revealed to me. And the only reason that you can't see it, the only reason you try to dissuade me is maybe because your spiritual eyes have not yet been opened. Oh, that's that's good news to me. That'll help a whole bunch of folk. Ah, this is why Jesus, although Jesus posed a question to all the disciples, notice this. It was only Peter that acknowledged that he had revelation. Do y'all see that in the text? He posed this question, but he said he didn't say, Peter, who do you say I am? He said, but you, y'all, y'all all y'all that's been walking with me, who do you say I am? And only Peter responded. So that means Peter was the only one who had a level of revelation. And hear this, you can be okay walking alone when you're walking with wisdom. Listen, I don't care if I got to walk alone as long as God has given me wisdom or in other words, revelation. 
And this is why Proverbs 2, 7 calls wisdom a shield or in other words, our protection. And hear this. It's dangerous walking in new territory with God, with disciples that have no enlightenment. Somebody say it's dangerous. Many of us are trying to take people on journeys with us that don't have the same level of revelation of God that we do. And tell your neighbor one more time, it's dangerous. We got folk, I don't know if you can't see it, then stay your behind over there. Because it's going to be dangerous for my journey trying to pull folk and disciples that have no level of revelation. Because when you walk with those with no revelation concerning the journey, let me tell you, this is how you recognize them. They will always refute the journey. Folk that say, no, that ain't that ain't that ain't what God said. That's somebody who does not have revelation. They'll always refuse the journey. No, I'm not ready yet. And they and watch this because they'll refute the journey and because they'll refuse the journey. You'll never get rest in the journey. If you walk in with folk and you try to do stuff for God and you feel like you can't get no rest, you feel like you got to keep explaining to them. You feel like you got to keep pulling them and trying to get them to tag along. Somebody say, leave them alone because it's dangerous. Uh, It's dangerous for your journey. And and this is why there was a season, watch this, in Peter's journey where even Jesus had to rebuke him because he lacked enlightenment. Mark 8, 33 says this. I believe it's on our screen. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Peter had no revelation concerning the journey of Jesus, and therefore Jesus had to rebuke him. And this is why the promise of stretching requires revelation. Tell your neighbor, I need enlightenment for the journey. Our prayer needs to be, God, enlighten my eyes. I, I, I don't understand why I keep losing this. I don't understand why why I feel like my name is always slandered. I don't feel I don't understand why I can't seem to catch a break. Maybe it's because you have failed to ask God for another level of revelation. God, give me enlightenment in regards to this journey so that I can know the depth and the details of the journey. So watch this. So I won't become discouraged. The promise of stretching will always require an encounter with God. And it will always require enlightenment from God. And hear this and I'm going to be out your way. Let's look at verse number 18. The Bible says, and I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Fulfillment of the more of God in your life is evidenced by the, the presence of another mantle. Y'all, y'all, I don't want to be too deep, but I need y'all to understand where I'm coming from. Somebody say another mantle. Uh, This is how I know things have been, this promise of stretching has been fulfilled. And it's not just the presence of the mantle, but the ability to manage the mantle. Uh, God will give you the capacity, hear this, to carry new weight. Somebody say new weight. When I'm able to bear more than I thought I would be able to bear, that's a sign that the promise of stretching has been fulfilled in my life. In other words, uh, you receive an endowment from God. Somebody say endowment. And here's one definition of this word endowment. It means capacity, power, or ability. It's a gift of perpetuity given to carry out a greater purpose. 
And this is why we see Jesus declaring this over Peter's life. He says, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Notice this. It's the same Peter that doubted Jesus on the water. He says this, Peter. It's the the same Peter that denounced Jesus calling to the cross. He said, no, that can't be your journey. Somebody say the same Peter. And it's the same Peter that denied Jesus in fear of persecution. This is the same Peter that Jesus declares shall be the foundation of his church. Many of us, uh, we've been in places where we've doubted Jesus, where, where we've denounced his journey, where we've even, watch this, uh, 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 denied Jesus by our very actions and our very works. And Jesus says, this same Peter, I'm going to give a new mantle towards. Uh, somebody say, I can still receive my mantle. Uh, it's interesting to note, watch this, uh, the Lord that would endow this mantle on Peter. Because it's interesting to note the lack of response of Peter in our text. Peter never asked Jesus, you, you, Jesus, you remember I doubted you, right? W- would you just simply reconsider? Uh, you know I denounced you, God. What, what, he never gave Jesus a rebuttal. You know I denied you, Christ. Uh, but he never does any of that. But it seems as if Peter simply receives this mantle. What am I trying to say? When the promise of stretching is fulfilled over your life, you won't fight. Um, you will never fight what has been fulfilled. Y'all, here's what I mean. You, you, God can speak a thing that can seem so overwhelming that we begin to fight against what God has said. The reason that I know something has been fulfilled in my life when I don't fight against what God has spoken over my life. Tell your neighbor, don't fight. Uh, I hope y'all I hope y'all catching what I'm trying to tell you when you can bear the weight of God is calling you to do willingly Uh, because you got many folk that like the word, but we won't walk the word out. Watch this willingly. Because it's one thing for God to have confidence in what he's stretching you to do. But it's a whole other thing when you have confidence in what the Lord has stretched you to do. So where there is no fight against God is evidence that your stretching has been fulfilled. I want us to see something. I believe it's on our screen. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. The Bible says, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. This is why I can have confidence in the promise of stretching or the endowment of God. When I know he's done a work in me and watch this, he's also working in me. In other words, God, I don't have to be overwhelmed by this new level of weight, this new mantle, because God says, I've done a work in you. And watch this. I'm also going to carry you through. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all. That God will carry, carry me through. So the question we must ask ourselves if we want to be the sure that the Lord has fulfilled the promise of stretching is what new mantle or new weight has the Lord placed on me? And do I have confidence in him to bear this new weight? Many of us are going through things even now that would have crushed us in our younger years in our faith. Many of us are enduring things now that would have crushed us, watch this, even a few months ago. And my ability to know that, 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 that I may feel like I'm being stretched, but yet not crushed is a level or a sign that God has placed a new mantle on me. Tell your neighbor, I've got a new mantle. I've got a new mantle because the promise of stretching will always be accompanied 
buying an endowment from God. In other words, a new mantle or a new way. And hear this. The more that God wants to do in you will always require more of you. The more that God wants to do in you will always require more of you. Therefore, we never should want to find ourselves guilty of our stretching being in vain. In other words, the promise of stretching never being fulfilled in our lives. There's another level of capacity in you. God can, wants to, and will do more in us, through us, and for us, but it requires that we be stretched. And the promise of stretching, watch this, will always be preceded by his encounter. Any promise over, that's hanging over your life, the reason why it has yet to be unlocked is maybe because you failed to have an encounter for God with God. I've got it. It will always be encounter, uh, um, preceded by his encounter. Uh, because God hear this, the good news is that God cares about the promise over your life just as much as you do. And not only that, it's evidenced by our enlightenment. If you don't have a new revelation concerning who God is, what God can do, uh, and, and the power of God, then you have no business walking into his promises. No, don't do, never endeavor to do anything for God if you can't answer the question, but what do you know about Jesus? He's always going to reveal more of us to handle this new promise of our life. And God says, if you can bear this new weight and bear it with confidence, that I can endow you with some stuff and that you know that you won't be crushed by it. God says that lets you know that the promise of stretching has been fulfilled in our lives. But I believe there's even more promise in our stretching and i want us to look at verse number 19 in our foundational text notice what the bible says and i will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth i will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven so in other words as you do more for god god will do more for you Verse 19 reveals that in the promise of stretching, watch this, we receive entrance. Somebody say access. And we also receive entitlement. Somebody say authority. Because the spiritual doors that you can enter and the spiritual authority that you are entitled to is only available to those who are stretched. Many of us want to enter into these doors that God has set before us, but the reason we can't enter into them is because we fail to be stretched by God. The level of authority that many of us want to walk in, we want to cast out demons, we want to trample over serpents and not be bit. And the only reason I behind cannot do this is because we have failed to be stretched. The level of authority that we receive from God, the level of access that we have in God is only fulfilled when we can be stretched by God. There's so much more that God wants to do in me. Somebody say there's so much more that God wants to do in me. And God says, I'll give you this access, and I'll give you this authority, but you must be stretched. Our prayer must be, Lord, stretch us and be satisfied in our stretch. Listen, there's some stuff that I know that the only way that I'll get through some doors is if God stretch me. There's some stuff that many of y'all want to do. Many of y'all want to be married, but you don't want to be stretched. Many of y'all want to grow greater in ministry, but you don't want to be stretched. Many of y'all want to lay hands and be up here on the pulpit speaking words that will edify God's people, but you don't want to be stretched. There are some doors that will always be locked before you because you do not want to be stretched. 
And watch what the Bible says. The Bible says, I, I set, he, he, he opens doors that no man can shut, and he shuts doors that no man can open. The only way that I have access to those doors is if I allow God to stretch me. I know it may not feel good, but we've got to allow God to stretch us. There's some doors and watches, some level of authority that we'll never receive if God doesn't stretch us. Somebody say, Lord, stretch me. Stand to your feet and let me pray. We need a kind of power where we can pray over folk and folk are healed. And God says that kind of authority comes by stretching. I want the kind of power where I can speak things over my situation and those situations have to change. That kind of authority comes by stretching. Father, we bless you. We honor you, God. It may not feel good now, God, but we don't want to endure the pain of stretching, void of receiving the promise of stretching. Many of us are going through things even now, God. It feels overwhelming. God, we've been going from trial to trial to trial, from test to test to test. God, it seems like we can't even see our way out. But God, we know now, God, that you're simply stretching us. You care just as much about the promises of our lives as we do. And for God, that we say thank you. God, let our stretches not be in vain. But I pray, God, that we can have an encounter with you. I pray, God, for every person under the sound of my voice that we'll learn how to do like the mothers of old and create our own prep closet, have our own worship service, have be an audience of one, God, where we can declare your name. God, we'll build an altar wherever we might find ourselves so that your presence might precede the promise. We need that in our lives. And Father, we thank you, God, that your presence comes to even protect the promises of our lives. Father, we need that presence. And God, I pray, God, for enlightenment. I pray for new levels of revelation. God, we cannot do more for you without knowing more of you. We've got enough folk trying to do more for you that don't know nothing about you. But God, we declare, God, that we want to know more of you. All of you, God, we want to know you. So God, reveal yourself unto us. And God, as we receive spiritual understanding, as our eyes are now open spiritually, God, we'll be able to traverse a journey that we've never been before. So God, give us new revelation. And God, as we receive this encounter, God, as we receive enlightenment, God. Thank you, God, for the new weights, the new mantle, God. You're placing mantles on your people even now. You're endowing us, God. And for that, God, we say thank you. But God, we won't be overwhelmed by it, God, because we know, God, that you fulfilled the promise of stretching over our lives. The these are simply light afflictions because we're able to bear it now, God, and bear it with great confidence. For you've done a work in us and you're working in us. And I pray, God, now for access and authority. God, we need the promise of stretching fulfilled in our lives. We want more access, God. God calls us to go in the doors, God, that we never thought we could go into. God, open doors, God, that men said we could not get into. God, open doors, God, that people doubted because of our resume and our background that we couldn't get into. But God, because you stretch us, you open the door that no man can shut. And God, as we go through those doors, God, give us great authority. 
God, where we can have um, authority, God, over the things that come to trouble our lives. Situations that do not look like you, God. We have the authority to speak those things that be not as though they were. God, situations, God, even like with Miss Jackie, God, that we can declare fire from heaven. And God, you can do exactly what you said you can do. But God, that authority is only given to us by you and it's only fulfilled in the process of stretching. We thank you, God, that we can do more in you. We can do more, God, with you. And God, you can even do more for us because we've been stretched by you. We believe it to be so. And every believer that wants to be stretched by God, say thank God and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There's somebody who's saying, I, I want that kind of access and authority from God, but I don't even know this God that you speak of. I, I've heard my mama talk about him. I heard my grandma talk about him, but I've never heard him talk to me. But watch this. There's a good, some good news this morning. The Bible says that it is his will that no man perish, but all come to a level of repentance. In other words, if your heart wants to be in relationship with him, he wants to be in relationship with you. There may be somebody this morning who says, I'm not in relationship with God, but I want to start today. If that's you, the good news is the Bible says if you can believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you can be saved. And what am I confessing? What am I believing? I'm confessing that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. If that's you this morning and you made that confession, if you believe that in your heart, you can be saved. And not only that, I'm confessing and I'm believing that Jesus Christ is the only Savior. So not only am I a sinner, but the only way to Jesus, I know what Oprah say, I know what Steve Harvey done said, but there's only one way. Somebody say one way. And that one way is Jesus. And not only that, the Bible says even the demons believe. In other words, you got folk on this pulpit preaching, but have not allowed Jesus to Lord over their lives. That's a dangerous place to be. But you're saying this morning, I want him to Lord over my life. I want him to lead me wherever I go. If that's you and you made those declarations this morning, if you believe that in your heart, the Bible says you can be saved. And watch this. No, no, there's no magical thing. All you got to do is confess and believe, and you're saved. So, I want to pray with you this morning. So, let us pray. Father, we thank you for the one that said, It's me, oh Lord. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Father, we thank you, God, for that one who says something is tugging in my heart to be in relationship with you. We thank you, God, for their confession this morning. God, we thank you, God, for their believing in their heart. That they are a sinner in need of a Savior. That Jesus is the only Savior. And that they allow Jesus and our Lord and lead their lives. You said, God, if we could just confess that, and if we could just believe that, that we'll be saved. So I pray, God, that this one knows this morning that they are saved, they are secure, and they are in the hands of God this morning. And Jesus said, anyone that the Father puts into his hands, no one can snatch away. God, thank you for that kind of security and salvation. God, and I pray, God, for their journey ahead. It's a journey that they've never been on before. Give them revelation, God, for the journey. Thank you, God, for their encounter that they had with you this morning. God, I pray, God, that you would connect them with disciples who have revelation as well. 
Let them know, God, that they're not called to be on this journey alone. But God, give them disciples, a church family, a shepherd that can help them walk out this journey in a way that's pleasing unto you. So God, we thank you. And as heaven rejoices when one comes, we rejoice with them as well. So God, let us um, seal that with a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. If you made that decision this morning, I want you to send us an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org. Somebody will connect with you. If you can't send us an email, send us a message through Facebook. Somebody will connect with you. We'll make sure you understand this is the best decision you ever made for your life and what that means for your life. There's somebody else that's watching that may, they may be saying, I want to join this church. I feel a strong connection to this church. I may have never been in the seats. I may have never worshipped with you corporately. But I feel this tugging in my heart to be connected to this local body. I'd love to be your pastor. I'd love to be your shepherd. We'd love to be your church family. Send us a message on Facebook and we'll connect with you. Send us an email as well and we'll connect with you. And there may be somebody here who said, I want to join this church. I've been visiting. I feel like this is the place I need to be. If that's you, I want you to come to this altar. If that's you and you're saying this is the place I need to be, I want to connect with this church. I don't want to be in this journey by myself, but I need a church family if that's you. Hallelujah. Well, let's bless God. Let's give God another hand clap of praise. I pray, I pray that we got something out of this series. I pray that we don't look at us as God stretching us as suffering, but God is trying to do something in us. Amen. I believe God wants to do more in all of us. This is including this pastor. So let's allow the Lord to stretch us that we might receive the promise of stretching. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.